Welcome to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. We are so delighted to have you with us on Docs in a Pod, the award-winning podcast and radio show available wherever you get your podcast. I know some of you are listening right now on the radio and others listening on podcast. I'm Ron Aaron, delighted to have you with us. Docs in a Pod comes to you every week talking about a variety of medical, family, and health-related issues, and we try to cover it all. Our special guest today and co-host is Dr. Tamika Perry. She's filling both roles. She's a physician at Wellman at Redbird Square in Dallas, Texas, earned her master's degree at the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth in public health, earned her medical degree at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in Philadelphia. Dr. Perry is board certified in family medicine by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Medicine. When she's not in the office, she loves to travel, and her goal has been to visit all seven continents. Hey, yep. Dr. Perry, great to be Thank with you. you again. How many of those Thank continents have you visited? So I only have Antarctica and Australia left, but they are on the map. They're on the route. Like I have plans for them. Well, so if you get to I, Australia, you can just pop down to Antarctica. Yes, yes. Um, actually, I'm going to double back to South America. Um, I believe it or not, Ron, I know I look 27, but I'm actually going to be 47 in, uh, <laughs> in January. But for my 50th birthday, I plan on going to Chile and then taking either a plane or a boat from Chile to Antarctica. Wow. Yep. And then some, sometime between now and 50, I'll be in Australia. So I only got two left. I'm so you're scratching that bucket list, huh? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I don't plan on hitting the bucket after 50, but I'm so excited. Um, now, did you grow up in a family that traveled? I know you were in a military family. Mm-hmm. And I think by default, because we were a military family. So everywhere that I that we live, like I started school in Germany. Um, my, my sister was born in New Mexico. And we everywhere that we lived, we just took an opportunity when we were in that place. And we traveled to as many of the surrounding countries, towns, villages that we possibly could. And it never got out of my system, ever. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I know most recently you were in Spain and you also went to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ibiza, Spain is beautiful, nice beaches, good people. Egypt, it was like an adult field trip. I learned so much. It was awesome. Well, our other co-host on Docs and a Pod, Dr. Audrey Baria, also was recently in Egypt. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Awesome. In fact, I uh, had a chance to ride a camel or two. Yeah, I did too. That's an interesting experience. Um, camels kind of have a mind of their own, like donkeys. So you know, they <laughs> they they're not as easy to lead as horses. But it was super duper fun. Now, speaking of a mind of their own, you mm-hmm. and I know that there are many patients out there who really aren't patients because they never go in to see their PCP, and they say, and I'm sure you've heard this, Dr. Perry. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, I feel great. I'm looking great. If I got a problem, I'll go see Dr. Perry. In the meantime, I'm staying away. Why is that the wrong approach? What's wrong with that? You know what? Like I was telling a patient earlier, ignorance is not bliss. Like just because you don't know it's happening, doesn't mean that it's not happening. Right. So you want 
preventative measures because with a lot of diagnosis and disease states, if we get ahead of the eight ball, we can either cure or make the outcome so much better than had we not got ahead of the eight ball. And that's where the Medicare annual wellness comes into place. And when you say annual wellness, uh, what are the kinds of tests that are done? What are the kind of diagnoses you're looking for? Absolutely. And and, uh, manipulate. Up until about 10 years ago, Medicare really didn't pay for like the annual physical, like other commercial insurances. And then they said, you know what, this has value. It's important. And so what the Medicare annual wellness does really is your annual exam. We do routine tests like height, weight, blood pressure. There may be routine lab tests like um, cholesterol, blood sugar, checking on the status of your kidneys. And we also go over, have you had your regular maintenance for at your point in life? If you're a lady less than 75, have you had your um, mammogram this year? If you're any person over 45, have you had your colonoscopy or colorectal cancer screening? So we go over those type of things too. And we personalize a health plan for you. Continue diet and exercise, take an aspirin, or continue diet and exercise based on your last two blood pressure readings. Let's talk about starting blood pressure medicine. And when you say take an aspirin, uh, that's been pretty standard for folks. But for people like me who are on a blood thinner, you can't take an aspirin. Mm-mm. There are some instances where an aspirin and a blood thinner are indicated, but not for most. Um, and this is for really bad heart disease. Uh, blockages, et cetera, et cetera. But for most instances, is one or the other. And an aspirin is a preventative medicine, right? And the Medicare wellness exam is a preventative doctor's visit to help us prevent stuff that may be privy to us at certain stages of our life. And at that annual wellness exam, you do a blood screening looking for lots of different stuff. What are you That's looking right. for? So one of the things that's very important for us to look for is that we look at the status of your kidney function. We look at a number called your GFR, that's your glomerular filtration rate, how fast your kidneys filter blood to make urine. And what people don't realize about a lot of things in medicine, there's a range of normal. So if normal is over 60 or 70 for this number, and you've been coming every year, and we see your normal range go down, we want to watch that trend. So a lot of times patients will go, well, my kidneys have always been normal. Were they normal when the, you come, because you come every 10 years and it was normal 10 years ago. So if we, you've been coming every year, we would have seen that trend and we wouldn't have been able to tell you, even though you're still in a normal range, let's intervene to keep your kidneys safe. And that's the type of thing that happens every year when we come for your Medicare annual wellness. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. I want to let folks know who may have just joined us. You're listening to Docs in a Pod, the award-winning podcast available wherever you get your podcasts, available on the radio as well in many communities. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host and guest today. We're talking with Dr. Tamika Perry about the annual wellness visit and what's important about it, what's involved, and how often should you go and Dr. Perry, we call it an annual wellness visit. Yes. I know in some cases you ask patients to come back more often than that. That's right. Because at that annual wellness visit, if we see something that's concerning to us, we will ask you to come back so we can monitor that state. For example, if your blood pressure had always been normal, 
But now it's elevated, like in prehypertension or stage one hypertension. We may tell you, keep a blood pressure diary, adhere to a low sodium diet. And your doctor will be very specific and intentional when he tells you what a low sodium diet is. We'll say, start cardiovascular exercise at 150 minutes a week. And we want you to come back in six weeks, two weeks, whatever your interval is appropriate for you to see if we still need aggressive preventative treatment or do we need to start pharmacotherapy? Once again, not to sound like the PCP flagship girl who's an advocate for us, but this is why it's so important that you have this very candid relationship with your primary care doctor. The other thing that happens at this appointment is that we go over all of your medicines. Someone may not be indicated for you anymore. You may need to adjust some dosages. And we also want to see what you're taking over the counter because they could interact with your go- what's going on with you. They may not jive, per se, like my grandma used to say, with your current uh, prescription medication. So it's very important that we need to know if you're taking ginkgo globa. Are you taking St. John's wort? How much vitamin E are you taking? Because vitamin E also can make your blood thin if you're on a blood thinner. I've heard some providers say that uh, occasionally if they've made a house call, they'll see on a shelf in a house dozens and dozens of over-the-counter supplements and other medications the patient never mentioned to them. That's very true. I do house calls also. And like we mentioned before, that's why this is important. Everything over-the-counter is not benign just because it's over-the-counter. If you're ingesting it into your body, your provider, your primary care provider needs to know. They need to know. And if you're taking supplements, Uh, Very often we take them because our our friend down the street says, hey, you know, I'm taking this and man, it really helps. So boom, you're on it. Right. Boom, you're on it. And I always jokingly say, well, before you start something that Dr. Friend asked you to start, (laughs) ask Dr. Friend to call me or better yet, you call me so we can go over what's in the best interest for you, patient. Like I had a a patient earlier this week, sweet as pie. She was like, don't get mad at me. My hips were hurting. My friend told me to start B12, but it's really not working. Not that the B12 vitamin was going to hurt her, but it was not, it's not indicated for her hip arthritis. Interesting. Yes. And if she wanted a natural something for hip arthritis as her primary care provider, I could have gave her recommendations on what to try. Now, to be honest, the natural supplements like um, turmeric has anti-inflammatory properties. Omegas have anti-inflammatory properties, but they're not potent enough. They're not strong enough to address her moderate to severe arthritis. Now, over-the-counter medicines like ibuprofen and Motrin may have been, but they weren't indicated for her because of certain things that were going on with her kidneys. This is once again why it's important to get with your primary care doctor and say, this is what's going on with me. What's in my best interest? Because that's what I went to school for. So when I go to my mechanic, I ask him, what's in the best interest of my car? Because that's what he went to school for. (laughs) And the other thing you went to school for, you got a master's in public health. How does that impact what you do as a physician? So I really take an onus on disease states that impact the public's health. So when patients ask me about vaccinations, um, diseases that are communicable, I really try to do my best to say, yes, this vaccine is in your best interest or no, it's not. Sometimes they're not. It's depending on the patient. But yes, this preventative measure is in your best interest. And this is why. 
So not only does it protect you, but it protects the health of the public. And let's get back to the blood screening. Uh, I, we, we jumped to other topics. That's my fault. Uh, we were talking about the various things you look for. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned uh, kidneys. Are you looking for other issues uh, that, that may affect an individual's health? Yes. So we're looking at individual's cholesterol. So you make a valid point. I'm glad you brought this up, Ron. So when we look at cholesterol, normal cholesterol for individuals varies based on that individual. Generally, for the general population, we want your good cholesterol to be less than 200, your triglycerides less than 150, and your bad cholesterol less than 100, and your good cholesterol over 40. But if you're an individual with diabetes, those parameters change a wee bit. We want particularly that bad cholesterol to be less than 70. In the same That's the LDL? Mm-hmm. That's the LDL cholesterol. Dr. Ron, very good. It's, called, it's the low-density lipid. <laughs> so that's your bad cholesterol. So we want it to be less than 70 because a lot of my patients will say, well, why do I start to take my statin? My good cholesterol is right at 101. I'm working out. And that's because you have, that individual may have diabetes. And we want to be more aggressive with your risk factors for heart disease because your chances of having a heart attack are higher when you have other disease states like peripheral vascular disease, diabetes in particular. So your Medicare annual wellness really caters to that person's annual wellness. All right, we're going to come back to you, and I want to talk as well about A1C and what that represents Absolutely. and whether or not you check that periodically. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. You're listening to the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Drew Pearson from our friends at WellMed. The right Medicare coverage is important, so is selecting the right doctor. Choosing a WellMed doctor in a Medicare Advantage plan is a great choice. With over 30 years' experience caring for older adults on Medicare, WellMed doctors practice coordinated, compassionate primary care. It's prevention with a personal touch. A WellMed doctor in Medicare Advantage coverage. Why? Because your health matters. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesman. Learn more today, 855-575-2188. Thanks so much for sticking with us right here on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you with me and our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, who also is our very, very special guest today. Dr. Perry is a physician at Wellman at Redford Square, Redbird Square in Dallas. And we're talking about the annual wellness visit uh, and what it's yes. all about. And we were talking about blood screening. That number A1C gets tossed around quite a mm-hmm. bit, and a lot of people... It's like we all know what it is, but we don't. Right. So your hemoglobin A1C is the three-month average of your blood sugar. It's like the blood sugar that's bound to your hemoglobin. So and it really gives me an average. And it's indicated for people who have a diagnosis of diabetes um, every one year to three months or three months to one year. And then if you have prediabetes or elevated blood sugar, we can also do that number. Now, A lot of my patients will go, no, I don't want to do my A1C because I ate today. It's okay. You can't trick the A1C because once again, it's a calculated two to three month average. So if the patients tell me, no, Dr. Perry, my sugar never gets over 110 at home. 
I'm good. But your A1C is 12. I'm going to like, there is a disconnect here. Either the A1C is not telling the truth or you're not telling the truth. Because an A1C that high tells me your sugar is in the two, three, maybe even high 300s range. Where should your A1C be? Great question. So for the diabetic individual who's already been diagnosed, we love less than seven, less than 6.5 is ideal. If you've never been diagnosed with diabetes and you get an A1C of 6.5 or greater on two or more occasions, then you have a diagnosis of diabetes. Now, if we switch back to that diabetic person, when that A1C is less than seven, preferably less than 6.5, all the negative sequelae or stuff that can happen from diabetes goes down dramatically. So that negative stuff is amputation from excess sugar in your system, heart attacks from excess sugar, blindness from excess sugar, dialysis from excess sugar. I know it sounds like such a drab story, but our goal is to get that down as low as possible so we don't even have to tell that part of the story. Well, for folks who are wondering whether that's real or whether Dr. Perry is just trying to scare us, (laughs) a good friend uh, who works in broadcasting who uh, has diabetes intentionally went for several years not measuring blood sugar. He figured he was fine, ended up uh, with an amputation. Uh, he's now blind in one eye, uh, may lose his sight in his other eye uh, as a direct result, Dr. Perry, as you were mentioning, of diabetes. Yes. So it is real. It is very real. And a lot of times diabetes and high blood pressure, those entities that when you feel them, unfortunately, you may be a day late and a dollar short, as my mom says all the time. So you want to be ahead of the eight ball instead of behind it. We want to, when your body is, when you're using the bathroom too much, that may be a sign that you have too much sugar in your system. You're making your your kidneys work way too hard to get that sugar out. Let your doctor know. If you feel thirsty all the time, if you're a lady and you're having frequent vaginal yeast infections or a lady or a gentleman and you have fungal toenail infections. Now, these are not anything that's going to take you out immediately, but that's a warning sign for your body that your sugar's not in control. That heart attack will take you out. And if you have uh, no feeling uh, in your feet and in your extremities, uh, a result of something called neuropathy, what does that mean? So neuropathy happens when we have this excess sugar in our system that our body cannot process because our insulin system is impaired. Doesn't matter if it's from type one or type two diabetes, we still have an impaired insulin system. It's too much sugar in our body. That sugar has to go somewhere. So our kidneys will try to pee it out. However, some of it settles on the nerve endings, particularly in the lower extremities. And it impairs the way it breaks those nerve endings where they don't function properly. So you may feel numbness, tingling, and burning all the time. Or worse yet, you may have no feeling at all. So if you get a cut in the bottom of your feet and you don't feel it and you get infection, a soft tissue infection can go to the bone and the definitive treatment, unfortunately, is amputation. That's what happened to my friend. Yeah. Uh, he cut a foot on the uh, bottom of a pool, uh, never felt it. And, and yeah. I don't mean to be gross, but didn't notice it until it began to smell. Yeah. And that's what happens a lot of times. So happens a lot of times. And once again, this is why it's important that you see your primary care doctor on a regular basis and that you get these annual exams because a lot of times at the annual exams is when people are diagnosed with hyperlipidemia, 
diabetes, hypertension. We write the order for the mammogram. When we find your breast cancer early, we, get, we treat it, we get rid of it. And the recurrence rate, at least in this country, is relatively low. Your What's Medicare annual wellness. Hyperlipidemia is high cholesterol. Yeah, it's high cholesterol. Hyperlipidemia. So hyper yeah. meaning high and lipids meaning cholesterol. Right. So you're, and we haven't you're, talked about eyesight either, which is something yep. uh, as we age, occasionally our eyes don't get better. Right. So annual screenings are recommended for everybody. Every one to two years, everybody. If you're in the diabetic population, more often, depending on if you have retinopathy or not, or damage from the blood sugar. So I love over-the-counter readers. They serve a purpose, but they should not substitute for your yearly eye exam. You want to look, have an individual, and this is where your PCP will help you find an ophthalmologist or an optometrist to help you. They have special instruments that will look in the back of your eye to see if your optic disc, your optic nerve still looks healthy, if the blood vessels in the back of your eye looks healthy, if that vitreous humor or that jelly inside the eye looks nice, healthy, and firm and isn't squishy per se. Um, it is very important that you get a yearly screening eye exam. Now, an ophthalmologist is an MD. An optometrist mm -hmm. is not an MD. Both do mm -hmm. eye exams. Do you mm -hmm. recommend one specialty over the other? If you have disease entities in particular that affect your eyes, let me start by saying I want either or to screen your eyes. But if I had a preference um, and if you had like diabetes or previous eye issues, an ophthalmologist would be the one that I would want to go to. I want you to go to first because if there was a surgical issue with the eye or your eye needed a procedure, he is going to be the one that's going to do that procedure. An optometrist prescribes eyeglasses and they do some eye screenings and the optometrists themselves may say, you know what, your pathology is beyond me now. Kind of like when I refer to specialists, I'm going to refer you to the ophthalmologist, which is my direct line of specialty. And then an issue with eyes, especially as we age, are something called cataracts. Mm -hmm. So what cataracts are, is it's a protein deposit that happens over time, over the the lens of your eye. So kind of think about like cataracts as looking through wax paper. So as that protein deposit gets thicker and more protein is on it, it's because more difficult to see. Just like the lens, the, the, um, the front windshield of your car, if you never, ever clean it, you're going to, the birds are going to have a field day on it. There's going to be debris from the air on it. And it becomes more and more difficult to see through it. And so you have to clean it off. And when you get your cataracts removed, it cleans all the debris off. And then most patients say, it's a whole new world. I can see again. Now, what they don't notice, of course, is that their eyesight has been decreasing over time. If you woke yes. up one morning and yes. you had a giant glob in the middle of your lens, you'd run to the doctor. But exactly. over time, you don't exactly. notice it as much. Exactly. And so some of the signs that you may be getting cataracts is that at night, when you look at the street lights or you look at the um, the traffic lights, if there's a glow or a halo around those lights and you're like, what is that? Or generally your nighttime vision becomes more problematic. That may be a sign that you're developing cataracts or you have cataracts that need to be removed. Or it may be a sign that you're in your 80s and 90s. <laughs> touche, touche. <laughs> Other issues that folks worry about as they age, and I know you check on your annual screening, are hearing and hearing aids. 
Yes. So we do a verbal, we do a written um, screening. We ask the patient about hearing, if it's been difficult for you to hear. And, and the patients will answer yes or no. But at the clinician, one of the things we do is we look in your ears. And a lot of times hearing issues is impacted cerumen or wax that happens with the senior population. And many of PCPs can remove it that day uh, via cerumen removal procedures. And once again, the patients, it's a whole new world. I can hear again. Admittedly, sometimes the, the hearing loss is selective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but however, comma, um, cerumen removal does a lot of good for the patients. And we teach you how to clean your ears out too. I think husbands have selective hearing. I do. I know they do. I've seen this over the years in my practice over and over again. They selectively now, hear and <laughs> their aids get selectively broken. Their hearing aids, you know. Now, before we run out of time, when you say uh, we teach you how to clean your ears, uh, you don't teach us how to jam that Q-tip into our ear. That, that is exactly the opposite of what we would like you to do, Ron. We want you to throw away all your Q-tips. We don't want you to keep packing it in there. So you just want to gently with your, your washcloth scoop out the wax that's in the front part of your ear. And how do you get the wax out that's in the canal? Well, some of it belongs there. It's to condition the ear, to make the ear, um, uh, to protect the ear. And if you still feel like you have a problem, come see me, your PCP. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been perfect, Dr. Perry. I really appreciate you going no through this, the annual wellness exam with our co-host and our guest today, Dr. Tamika Perry. Delighted to have had this chance, and I hope folks who are listening will make sure they get in to see their PCP on at least an annual basis. For Dr. Tamika Perry, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra and associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.